0: Gentlemen, welcome, 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 welcome to the Take Take Podcast. It is Tuesday, October twenty fourth. Gage, Trent, how we doing, fellas?
1: Austin, aka Marty Mush, Trent, fellas, Chill. back after an exciting weekend of football for some. Um, how we doing, fellas?
2: I'm I'm doing uh, pretty piss poor. Thanks for asking, Gage. I know Austin is feeling feeling the same. Um, you know, we'll we'll get to our our best bets and our pick six picks is picks over the weekend. But, uh, no, it's, it's, it's tough. It's a tough weekend for us.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Picks wise was, was not great. Um, I wasn't in love with the slate, so I kind of looked, looked at it with a different angle and it did not benefit me <laughs> at all. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, nice, fun episode. As uh, Gage kind of just hinted, we're going to dive into these, to these best bet recaps first. But uh, after that, we're going to dive into the recaps. We'll talk about Ohio State, Penn State. Uh, talk a little bit USC and their collapse versus Utah. Um, Trent's got his power rankings, and then we're going to run through the NFL slate, recap those, and kind of touch in on our division winners. Some win totals here and there. Kind of, kind of a quarter season update in terms of uh, what we are looking at preseason. But let's waste no time. Let's jump into these recap or the best best bet recaps. Excuse me. Um, I will start because I want to get it out of the way. I went zero and six. Not, not great. Not great. As I said, I wasn't. Wait, in lo- did, wait, wait,
1: wait, wait, wait. Did I hear that right? What did you just say?
0: You did. I was a, a very piss poor zero and six. Oh okay. Okay. <laughs> yes, you heard you heard correctly. Um, I went with props and team totals, and it did not benefit me at all. Um, I went Cam Fac- uh, Fancher. Fanker, I don't even know how to pronounce his last name, but the quarterback from Marshall on Thursday night. Um, James Madison, one of the worst teams against the pass, figured they'd be able to throw the ball. That did not hit. I was on Luther Burden, receiver out of Missouri. His yards, that did not hit. Um, Arkansas, Mississippi State, over 47 and a half. I'm pretty sure that game ended with less than 20 points or right around 20. Uh, Washington, Arizona State, the Saturday night kind of... Uh, Pac 12 after dark, over 60 and a half. Did not even come close. Pretty sure that game was 15 to 7.
2: It was close. You know, a Bounce bounce the ball here, bounce the ball there.
0: True. Um, and then the NFL, um, I did get saved by a few parlays here and there, but Browns minus two and a half. We'll get in that into that to a little bit. Fucking horrific. And, um, this one was probably even worse. Bills team total over 24 and a half. Um, obviously they lost outright to the Patriots. Patriots and Mac Jones looked like fucking Dan Marino. But yeah, not, not great for the boy. Um, still positive, still in the green on the week, on the year. So we'll take that. And, uh, yeah, only, only ways up. Not, not, not very proud about the weekend.
2: Yeah. Um, I'm right there with you, buddy. And what happened in that that Washington game? How was that score fifteen to seven? I didn't get a chance to watch a talk on football this weekend, so I'm gonna lean on you guys. But what the fuck happened there?
1: They should have lost.
0: They yeah, they, they really did get lucky.
1: <laughs> have an they, offensive uh, touchdown. No. No it was, and it all happened late in the fourth quarter too. They were down the entire game. Um, does that, Austin, does that, does that change your mind about, does that switch anything with Heisman talk and shit like that? I know last week we just talked about it, and then he comes out with a performance like that, um, and I'm pretty sure J.J. McCarthy is right up there with him and the Heisman.
0: Yeah, that's crazy wow. to me. Like, all bias aside, J.J. McCarthy being considered for the Heisman is a joke. Um, no, I still think Penix is the is my favorite to win. Yeah. Um, If if we were giving the award out tomorrow, I would still give it to Penix, but the fact that McCarthy is even up there is, is just comical.
2: You know who's laying in the weeds? You know who's laying in the weeds right now? That uh, I know Gage has some vested interest in. Guy Marv Maserati Marv Maserati
0: Marv.
1: Do you like uh, Maserati? Getting traction quick.
2: He is, dude, and and if if Ohio State keeps winning, and uh, maybe Pennix, uh maybe Washington loses, um, McCarthy, I think, I think that's just, I think he's just that high because they think Michigan's going to keep winning, yeah. but um, yeah, McCarthy, because like, his, his stats, like he's averaging like two hundred twenty passing yards per game. It's not like he's, I know, they haven't really had to throw a bunch, but. I mean, he's not putting up Heisman numbers, per se.
0: No, there was a huge um, kind of mix-up. Not mix-up, but uh, rearrangement of the odds. J.J. McCarthy is currently the favorite on FanDuel. Plus, two, right, right. plus 250. Pennix went from minus 140 to plus 300. He and Jaden wow. Daniels out of LSU have the same odds right now. Um, Gage Marv jumped all the way up. to 2,500 right now. I mean, he's he's ahead of guys like Caleb Williams, Drake May, Sam Hartman, Kyle McCord is yeah, up there. May. Kyle McCord's up there plus ten thousand. Like, there's a a ton of just chaos right now in the Heisman race. Bo Nix is plus twelve hundred after being thirty to one last week. Like, it's it's gnarly totally
2: right now. Crazy. It's gonna it's gonna be nuts to see. But I'll, I'll jump into my best bets. Um because they were not quite as bad as yours, but uh, just about. <laughs> yeah. It's been a trend all season. I don't know. I don't know what to do at this point. I was one in four. I do have the Niners tonight. Time um, you guys hear this, that game will be over. I had them at six and a half, one by six. Oh, um, there's that. But I had Wisconsin Illinois under 40 and a half That was looking good for three quarters. Johnson decided to score 18 points in the fourth quarter that lost that on, on the last touchdown of the game um, with 27 seconds left to see it. Uh, South Carolina plus seven and a half. It just got throttled. I don't know why I, I just, I always like betting South Carolina. I think it's literally because of that game last year against smoke Tennessee and they look like the best offense in college football. And I just, since then, I've bet i bet them like five times this year, and I think they've lost every single one. Um, at Stanford plus seventeen, full uh, full transparency, I was at a wedding back really late uh, to the hotel, and I had ESPN on from earlier, and uh, I look at the score and it's
1: forty-two to seven. So that was a horrible that, bet. That was a that was solely a bet based on their performance against Colorado, wasn't it?
2: It was. It, I just thought that UCLA... I didn't think UCLA would be able to score. And, and I, I thought about that, like, Gage, as well. Like, is this a really square play because of yeah. the Colorado And, and I, I thought about it. But I also thought, like, UCLA is going to score, like, 20 points. I think UCLA would, would, would be able to put up 42 points. So... Sucks. Um... Stanford and then I was on the Browns too. Austin, I will get on that. I had that minus two when they win, and you don't know, cover my one win was Houston plus 23 and a half. Weird game, they went down 21 to zero to cook two. Then they were, they were gonna win the game and um, ended up losing but, but covering with ease. So the one win but, um hopefully the Niners can, can somehow salvage the two and four weekend for me
1: yeah don't worry have have faith and have faith in San Fran they'll get it done tonight I have no doubt in my mind but um yeah um so I purposely went last because I finally had the best week out of all of us and it wasn't I even to close it. Yeah, I want to I wanna end this segment with a high note and let you guys know that our pod is not just full of losers. So here we go. Let's <laughs> dive right into it. Um, first play I had was Ohio State-Penn State under 45.5. Um, when Penn State is 1 for 16 and on third down, that helps the under tremendously. And that game ended at 32 total points. So that was a I – mean, we'll get into that in a little bit, but that was a very defensive-minded game as we all thought it would be. So moving on, I had Iowa, Minnesota Under the lowest point total in college football history And I wouldn't call it a no-sweat They finished 12-10 to 10, um, and <laughs> That's insane That's honestly more points than I thought it was going to be And Iowa ended up losing the game, which just made it even better um, Then I took another under, I was on a lot of unders this week um, Bama Tennessee under 47 and a half man that was that was just cooked from the jump these teams couldn't find the run game um on either side for Bama or Tennessee until the second half for Bama they, they found their run game but they went down early on um caused caused Milo to throw the ball it was kind of an area kind of game to come back and they ended up winning that game 34- 20. so that was a that was kind of a dagger when Bama got down and I gave you guys a stat that Bama hasn't lost back-to-back games under Saban, or they're twenty-two and two, um, coming off a loss when Saban is a coach. So I knew that down twenty to seven at halftime, they were going to come out firing, and that under was cooked at that moment in time. Um, and then a bet that a lot of people were on the other side of I've heard was at Florida State minus fourteen at home against Duke. Um, I took that line not knowing Riley Leonard was going to play. The line didn't move when they announced him in, which was weird to me. I thought that was going to jump down a few points, but it stayed at 14. Um, And honestly, they were losing a good majority of that game. And I think there was a big turnover in that game. Um, Florida State kind of – oh, it was a kickoff kick return. So in the second quarter coming out of half, um, Florida State threw a pick six, and then the very next kickoff – they ran it back 99 yards and from that from that moment on um they outscored um 24 to 3 um and they win that game by 18 points so that was a a beautiful backdoor cover there late in the game um then moving on to the slate yesterday in the nfl um charges plus five and a half i know trent you liked that pick last week as well and that was a game where yes they went down early but when they tied it up um. It kind of game. It kind of came to a point where, if a defense got a stop, which Kansas City did, already up one possession. Um, obviously they went down and scored and went up two touchdowns. It was kind of, it was kind of wraps from there. Then they were playing it from behind um, the rest of the game. So that was cooked. Um, lost by fourteen points, and then Eagles last night, prime time at home against the high-powered Dolphins, uh, minus three, and I mean they. I want to say they handled that game pretty easily. They were a way more physical team. They asserted themselves beautifully from the jump. Um, run game was effective enough, and it didn't hurt that Waddle. Went out a little bit um, late in the first half, and didn't come back until late in the third quarter. So Philly did what they had to do. Um, that last drive, I don't know if you guys saw it, when they went up 14, it took like nine minutes, and they went up, went for fourth down and one like four different times um with the same play um and i mean that kind of sealed the deal there when when it's fourth and within two yards you just got another gonna they're gonna get it every single time so very very profitable week i'm very pleased with my picks and i feel very very sorry for you guys and for anyone out there that tailed these two and i'm going to take the spotlight this week and i'm gonna swim in it so thank you
2: if you're if you're tailing me
1: at that at this point, it's your fault. It's not mine. <laughs> this is true. Well, it's so, your, your fault that they're on the side of i seventy five, just begging for change.
0: Yeah, this was my <laughs> first. This was my first losing weekend uh, of the year. So, uh,
2: what's crazy? What's crazy about about this is like I'm in a, I'm in a shares like pick shares uh, college football pool. I'm in second place with my picks.
0: Well you just follow Somehow. on here.
2: I I don't know. Well I, I usually <laughs> spam like ten or fifteen picks a weekend. Many. But I usually get up to like five maybe five to ten picks. I should just start doing that. But um yeah, Gage, good good job by you. That was good stuff. Um you know, the more I thought about that Eagles game, the more I should have put a lot of money on the Eagles because it's just a bad matchup for Miami and the way the Eagles run the ball and um, out physical their opponents, I, I think, I think that was a that was a pretty nice bounce back spot for the Eagles. So I wish I put them.
1: Miami just Miami hasn't played anybody. I mean, yeah, their, their strength of schedule this year has been very very piss poor, and the one good team we were just talking about it before the pod about the Bills. Um, I think they're fraudulent. I think you guys agree. But that's the best team they've played this year. And they finally got the test that, that they needed and they kind of got exposed. But I think they'll be all right. That was just a very bad matchup-wise for them. Um, Lane Johnson came back and made a huge difference on the offensive line. So,
0: Yeah, I mean, they've lost to the two teams that they've lost to the two best teams. They have lost to the two best teams that they've played. Like, it's just... They can't. They they beat up on the teams they're supposed to, and they lose to the teams that are good. But um, stay. Tuned. Say what? I
2: was gonna say, stay tuned to see if they're in my uh, eight power rankings. In your ranks.
0: power rankings, yes, we're gonna uh, finish the show on that on those. So uh, yeah, stay tuned, for, listen to that. But Gage, you mentioned this Ohio State Penn State under that you were on. Um, I want to look at this game real quick. Um, I know all of us watched it. Twenty to twelve, Ohio State Gage. Because you were the winner on the weekend. I will let you go first. I will let you have the spotlight. Say what you need to say. But I, I, I'm glad that you guys finally realize or are on the same page as me when we talk about this defense and how just fucking nasty they are.
2: They are. I, I said for the year. Don't. I, I didn't just finally realize it. Come on. Fair. I was on. I was on that show before the year. I said. I said their their defense would be better than their offense. So, go ahead, Gage. Sorry. Let, let's start off with uh, the positives. Let's knock out all the, the good stuff about Ohio State, and then we can. I know we got in a little texting war uh, this week weekend, so we can discuss that after. But let's let's start with the positives.
1: Yeah, I don't think this is a, a segment where we should take turns talking. I think we should just collaboratively talk about how dominating this game was from start to finish. Um both on the defensive side and offensively they did they did enough to win the game and that's all they needed to do in this position. Um but there was a lot of hype about this Drew Aller kid and I saw in game day they did this really, really beautiful this really beautiful um like spotlight about him and the horrific car crash he got in when he was younger and lost a couple of his teammates and I was like, Man, this this kid is like playing with a heavy heart, like he's just a just a wonderful guy but on the football field, man, what an abysmal performance! So there was a, a point in time where I was watching him miss the easiest throws um, that were very, very like catchable balls. Like, no, that they, like, they should have been completed, but these these little four or five out, yard out routes just weren't even coming close. And I was kind of thinking, like, what what's the hype been around Drew Allard this year, and like, where did it come from? Because I didn't see it, and I know there's a lot of credit to Jim Knowles and the defense and. I mean, they were flying around the field left and right, doing three. They were in three and, and outs like every every time out there. And obviously, Ohio State didn't perform the way they wanted to on the on the offensive side of the ball. But, um, yeah, Austin, I'll let you talk about that defense a little bit and what they did to, to limit Penn State's explosive plays and, and really plays in general because it was it was terrible.
0: Yeah, I mean, I harped on. Penn State's, or we harped on Penn State's lack of explosive plays coming into, going into Saturday, right? Um, they were 120-something in terms of explosive plays. They only had one one play of 40-plus yards. And the offense there is just not good. I mean, credit the Ohio State defense. It, 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 they did play out of their minds. But offensively, Penn State's got a lot of problems. They have a lot of problems. I mean, when you have Nick Singleton and... Um, who is a Kent K K Tron Allen. Yeah, K Tron Allen. Arguably one of the best one two punches like in America. And you get you get held to forty nine yards. Yes, shout kudos to the defense. But there there's real issues in state college with that offense. But this defense, man, holy shit. This defense is so good. And and you can I mean it's they're so balanced. Like Ohio State's defense is so balanced. I mean, they cover just as well as they get after, or they cause pressure, and they stop the run. I mean, Denzel Burke, the best, their best cover corner didn't even play. And it's just, this team is gross. This team not- is nasty.
2: So, uh, it's so cool to have, like, good corners again at Ohio State. I know. Because, like, it's been a couple of years. Um, after, like, the Jeff Okuda team, like, felt like our corners were just... I don't know. They're just getting beat on the edge and or, or on the outside. Um, they would e- either play too soft and let up a lot of uh, underneath third downs, or they would uh, get beat for explosive plays, pass interference penalties, stuff like that. So I think you've gotta credit Jim Knowles. He's done to this defense because it's it's fantastic, like you said. Like Drew Aller was shook, man. I think I think that's the best way to put it, Gage. Like. I mean, I, I've watched him play. I watched a lot of Penn State games, especially that, that week one game. And those same, like, 12-yard out routes and stuff that they ran a lot against Ohio State, he was hitting them right on the money. Um, Seed, like, absolute seeds, a lot of velocity. Like, all his throws have a lot of velocity on it. You can see the, the arm talent. Um, but, yeah, he was shook. I, I think that was kind of expected, and that's why I kind of wasn't too nervous about this game as an Ohio State fan that's the first test of a young quarterback in an environment like Ohio state. Apparently the shoe was absolutely rocking. Um, so that, I mean, you, you can't say enough about the defense JTT going up against um, one of the best left tackle prospects in the last like decade. And I know at the end he started really, really leaning on him, um, and made plays in the fourth quarter. Like he does like every year against Penn state. So, um, defense is nasty man it is it is and, and i know penn state was one of 16 on third downs which is insane absolutely insane so um i feel good about ohio state there are some questions on the offensive side of the ball um mainly my question is with the quarterback and we can talk about that now
0: before, um, before we do that penn state didn't convert a third down until there's two minutes left in the game
2: 0-15, <laughs>
0: right? 0-15 just... until the last drive of the game. And they didn't score their touchdown until 29 seconds. Like, it, it, it it's it, it's insane. And, like, our secondary, or Ohio State's secondary, is so good. I mean, I just I I just mentioned Denzel Burke didn't even play. I mean, Jordan Hancock, the kid that stepped in for him, played out of his mind. I mean, Sonny Styles, Josh Proctor, Jermaine Matthews, um, number one, everywhere. number one, Davison. It can be known soon. Like there's dogs on at all three levels of this Ohio State defense, which is something that we haven't seen in many, many, many years.
1: And what I love most, what I love most about that game was at the end when they when they interviewed uh, Ryan Day, and I think this is a side of Ryan Day that we're really happy to see uh, with how intense and how locked in he is Uh, uh. during the interview they asked him like just about the game in general and the first thing he said was like that last possession like that last touchdown should have never happened it's like the fact that they won huge game blah blah blah, but he is so prideful in the fact that they gave up a garbage time touchdown like you said Austin, that was their first touchdown of the game um it didn't really mean shit so i think that goes to show how dominating this defense is um, Trent, you mentioned earlier in previous pods about this is the best Penn State team ever, um, and I, I, I know hindsight's twenty twenty, but I, I have to highly disagree, and I don't know besides defensively um, what's so special about this team, and I, I really do think they got exposed this weekend.
2: Well, here's my thing about Penn State is I might have been a year early on them because their team is really young, and I, I should say this is the best penn state defense ever and then i kind of assumed with a five-star quarterback their offense would be able to put up a better performance um but i think you have to question the coaching a little bit too Seemed like there was there was a lot of um you know creativity or innovative play calling on the offense side of the ball for penn state i think talent wise you can make that argument i think next year Penn State might be a top, like, preseason top three uh, ranked team because they essentially have their whole team coming back um, outside of uh, a couple big-time prospects, like their left tackle and couple players on defense. But I still think Drew Aller, like, the, you can tell the kid's got a lot of talent. He just was shook. That I mean, it was plain and simple. It was his first true road game. He was shook. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Penn State gives Michigan all they can handle at home. I'll tell you right now. I don't know what that line's going to be. I'm going to be on Penn State, so um, I think we we got to give more credit to Ohio State and, and their defense. And I think I think a lot of people are doing that, um, but I still think I don't think Penn State's a, a bad team per se. Like I think I think Penn State is still super talented. Questions can start with their coaching, and um, shook. That's that's that's
1: kind of my read game let's stay on that coaching topic for just another second um so friday night i spent my friday nights um watching my fiance's little brother play high school football at marysville shout out marysville and their football program and making the playoffs this year but they just played owen tangy last friday and james franklin flew into that game on uh, via helicopter Landing on the practice field and was there Friday night watching Olin Tangy play in Marysville because they have a five star quarterback on Olin Tangy commit to Penn State next year. Um, so maybe maybe a little hangover. I don't that, know. That's just a little fun nugget that I found. You mentioned coaching and stuff. And it was fun to see him on the sideline Friday night knowing that they have to probably be on the field in Columbus bright and early on Saturday morning. So shout out Marysville football. Shout out Damon if you're listening. Um, but yeah. Fuck Penn State. <laughs> it's
0: kind of, kind of, kind of related, probably completely unrelated. But when IMG came up here to Cincinnati last year and they played LaSalle, um I bought a ticket and went by myself just because. And football um, guy. Football guy. I mean, I, I love the sport, but um, yeah, it was kind of wild because there was um, Brian Hartline was there. Uh, Fickle before he left UC, he was there. And um that's when Cornell Tate Carnell Tate was on that IMG team playing receiver. Mm. But I don't know where the, I mean I was just wanted to tell you guys that it was pretty cool. It really had no relevance. Not, no is, no relevance to really anything. But, <laughs> but um it is cool stuff. Yeah, I mean I mean, Let's I mean talk about we, I mean, we could talk about the last thing about this defense, because I can go on and on and on about this defense. Um Penn State ran fifteen plays in Ohio State territory. It just and JTT, it seems like when the fourth quarter comes on against Penn State, he just he turns into the best defensive player on the planet and just wreaks so much havoc. I'm forgetting the left tackle's it's, name, but it's, it's some really long, Olu, some long Olu Oshano
2: or yeah. something
0: like that. Yeah, I mean he bullied Olu him. Shano. Tui Mulow bullied him like that fourth quarter, and it's funny because I was watching with my family and, and I mentioned to my pops, I was like, JTT was lined up. On the opposite side of that tackle, the entire first half, and they were getting pressure, but he wasn't like doing anything explosive, right? And then in the second half, for some reason, he was lined up against that kid. And fourth quarter came, and he he sunned him. I mean, he he dominated him the that entire quarter. It was just, I love this defense, man. I fucking love this defense. But let's talk offense. Um. I know I'm kind of in a a, a pit, but not a pit, but a, a, I'm on the other side of the room with you two when it comes to Kyle McCord. But this run game, I think we all can come to an agreement that this run game is piss poor. Um, I know Travion Henderson didn't play, but mine Williams, who last year proved that he can do it, that he can be a number one back. Um, he, I mean, he only had, was it 30 or 62 yards but on twenty-four carries, which is less than three yards a carry, so it's seventy-nine as a team. And I know Penn State's defense is nasty, but it's just it's 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 hard to watch them not be be able to run the football. It, it's uncomfortable at
1: times. It is, and I think that's what puts McCord in such a bind. Sometimes is because they can never get the run game established to where they can, you know, obviously run a play action and have the defense bite in and whatnot. But yeah, um. I don't. We've we've given. It's now seven games with McCord. Yes, they're seven and no. Yes, he's proven that he can win ball games in tough environments. Um, in South Bend, that final drive, legacy drive, whatever. But he can do. I, I, like you said, Trent. We were we were texting the other day, and like if he's going up against Michigan, who arguably number one team in the nation outside of georgia if not number one um is that going to be enough is, is 20 points enough to be like championship caliber and i don't i, I don't think it is um obviously this defense is going to keep him in the games in uh game in and game out but he looks as uncomfortable as drew aller did he didn't make the plays that he needed to make um like when the, when the time was called upon, obviously, at that play tomorrow, if that, they ran in for a touchdown, but he had so many throws that were just so errant. And I'll let you take over because it, it, it hurts my head trying to think about him um, Like, on a national stage. I, I, I don't think he could do it.
2: Yeah. And I, I do want to make one quick point about the run game. I actually thought the run game wasn't horrible yesterday. I know the stats don't look great, um, but. I think, like it wasn't like they were running and then like they got like two yards every play and got stopped. A lot of times they got like seven, eight yards, and then a lot of times they like lost like three or four. So I actually would prefer that than like getting two yards and nothing every play. Um, but obviously they need more talent They need a more talented back in there. Hopefully Henderson comes back healthy because that's huge. Um, but yeah, let's talk about Kyle McCord. So, thing with Kyle McCord is like. I have like a, I have some optimism and then I have, I, then I have some, uh, the opposite of optimism is pessimism. Um, so like my, my thing about my chord is like, what is he supposed to be like good at? Because he, he doesn't move I'm mobile, like he's zero threat to run. He doesn't have, like, a great arm. He doesn't even, like, make plays on the run, really. He's just kind of, like, your pure pocket passer. But we saw yesterday, like, he was, like you just mentioned, Gage, he was so errant on, like, open throws. Like, I thought Ryan Day had a great great game. Like, we had a lot of open throws. Ryan Day schemed schemed Marvin Harrison open a lot. Um, It's frustrating. When he misses all these open throws but then also gives me confidence and optimism where it's like all right these throws are open they're there we've seen kyle mccord make them before so theoretically like he could play a better game so that gives me optimism if he's not accurate in the pocket then i don't know what else he's generally doing for you that's my issue with kyle mccord it'd be one thing it's like oh he's not accurate today but he's gonna make plays with his legs like he's gonna that happen. But if he's he's supposed to be known as a pocket passer, but he's gotta hit the throws that are there, that are dialed up. He's not getting you giving you anything outside of structure.
1: Yeah, and I if think, there's a if there's a sniffle of pressure or he feels any kind of like panic, it the the play's over. He's either thrown it away, he's thrown it at someone's feet or like I get the pocket passer thing, but he also doesn't know how to maneuver a pocket. He doesn't know how to like step up not even elude the pressure or evade the pressure and go outside and make a play happen. He doesn't know how to like, doesn't know how to work the pocket. And it's, it, it's going to get caught up on film eventually. And the, these teams are going to just blitz him because you do that. And he, he senses pressure anywhere. He's going to fold, but I don't know. They're seven and for a reason. And that defense is a big part of it, but I'm not, the I'm not the biggest McCord fan. But.
2: And Austin, I know, I know what, you know you're going to say and what you've said before. Like we're very used to to elite level quarterbacking, so it, it does out our judgment a bit, um, and I, I totally get that, and I and I understand like that's probably a part of it. Um, because like if C.J. Stroud was kept kept cleaning the pocket, it seemed like he would never miss an open throw. It's hard to not expect. I shouldn't have that expectation on on McCord. Um, but again, like I just don't don't see like how many times are you watching a game and you're like wow great play by kyle mccord that's that's my only issue and i hope uh, devin brown isn't too weird i don't know if we have an update on that i know he got his like ankle twisted or something um because i do like his element um in the ground game and and he can he throws a pretty ball too so i think kyle mccord can play a lot better than he has um but and he's going to need to. So it, I don't think this it's like capable of it. I just need to see it more, and maybe he gets a lot better.
0: Um, Devin Brown uh, sprained his ankle; he's questionable moving forward. Um, I hear and I understand everything you guys are saying about McCord. I mean, it's unfair of me to say that you guys are wrong, but um, I think you're wrong. I just he he's not elite. <laughs> I mean it's fair cuz he he does show um he does show glimpses of what the fucks right but and he's not elite um but I think he he takes care of the football he doesn't always make the right decision but he makes the right decision most of the time um I mean he's got a 12 to 1 touchdown to interception ratio which if you care about numbers, obviously that's phenomenal. But like, he's also got a, he's top five in the nation in uh, QBR, so it's like the kid can play. And his decision making at times is questionable, but he we don't like. I hate I like I hate saying this because I, I I beat uh, I it's beating the same drum every week. But like, we don't need to score, or they don't need to score. Forty points to win every game, and I, I disagree with you guys when you say that they're going to run against. Uh, uh, they're going to need to score more points to win because this is the best defense they'll play outside of Michigan, even in the playoff. And I understand that you you, you may run into a you know a Florida State or an Oklahoma or a team that's going to run up and down the field, but like those like this this defense is the backbone of this team, and Kyle McCord doing just enough to win. Is good enough. I mean, throwing for two hundred and eighty yards and uh, complaining passes at sixty four percent clip is good enough to win football games. Like, if I
1: get into a track meet with any team, though,
0: but realistically, um, is that going to yeah, happen?
1: Like, I'm just saying, if that if, if the defense bends and they're they find themselves down in a game more than one possession, or they're going back and forth, um, they're going to find themselves in some trouble and. I think it's unlikely, like you said, because that defense is so stout. But that's where that's where um, some eyebrows will be raised when, if that ever happens, and they're in a point where they have to, you know, come from behind. Um, I know they did it in South Bend and whatnot. But, I mean, think about them playing like a four-state Austin. And the, the dynamics are completely different. And... What what do you think that game would look like, realistically? You think it'd be a low scoring game?
0: I don't think it would be a twenty to twelve kind of game, but I, I think that game is is played in the twenties, low thirties. I do, and I just I have confidence in McCord, man. I, I really, really do, and it helps. It's so comforting to have the weapons he has. Right, Um, Joel Cladd on his on his podcast every Monday, he did a really good job of uh, breaking this down. But the Sparks Notes version was he has the best outlet in college football, and arguably in in football as as a whole right now, which that being Marvin Harrison. And McCord looked good, in my opinion, at least with just Marvin Harrison. I mean, Kate Stover played well too, but he didn't have a Mecca Buka. He didn't have Trayvon Henderson as a, as a, a, an outlet, like fully healthy. This offense is going to be hard to stop. I, I truly believe that. Um, I just they haven't reached but, their. F- Go ahead.
2: But the the see that the thing about that is like it's not like like yeah we didn't have a Buka, um Trayvon Henderson, but like guys were open. That that's the thing. Like guys were still open he was missing them bad. Like I know he, he, he rallied, but like he had Marvin open a couple of times where and I think Gage just kind of goes back to your, your happy feet. He kind of just like uh, no pressure. I thought the O line played well. Like I thought the O line played well. I thought Ryan day called a good game. Yeah, they did. He just had throws. It's like he had, he had plenty of time. Second and 10, you know, quick slant, get eight yards for Marvin. And he just fucking airmails it. If there was a hundred miles per hour over his head. It's like, he's like, rushed it's like dude just calm down and again like we've seen him do it against notre dame so i'm not saying it's not in there but he need he does need to play he needs to play better to win and i think gage's point austin is like yes the defense is the backbone of this team yes we can lean on this defense yes we expect this defense to hold teams um and and you know win that way but you you leave like zero room for error and you know defenses have bad days too. Look at look at the Browns. It's had, they, like the defense was historical, and then they ran into Gardner Minshew. Bad day. Like you can't expect the defense to be dominant every single week. The offense needs to carry some weeks. That's just how it works. Um, maybe the defense does carry the whole way and they win the championship. But it's leaving very 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 slim margin of of air. Um, so that that's kind of our overall point and. And I want to be clear, like, I don't think there's, like, no hope. Because I think McCord, the ability to play better, and we've seen it, he can't play like he did against Penn State, despite what the numbers say, if they want to win. do 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 you agree with that? He has to play better than he played on Saturday if they want to win.
0: If they want to win, what, a championship?
2: He has to play better than he did against Penn State. You can't be missing six or seven wide open throws, taking terrible sacks.
0: Well, you can't be. It wasn't. Out the pocket. I, I get your point, but I, we're th- I think we're being a little bit dramatic with how bad he played. Um, I think I think he needs to play a little bit better. Yes, it would be unfair to say that he played well enough to win a championship, but he doesn't have to play out of out of his mind to win a championship. I, I truly believe that. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, like this, like this is the last point or i want to make this last point cuz we spent 40 almost 45 minutes talking about ohio state but um of any year this is the year to not have an elite quarterback in my opinion you have such such chaos in college football right now and there's i can't off the top of my head i can't think of an offense that i would be like holy shit right like not like I get our defense is good, but like just in general, talking about other teams' offenses, like there's not a team that I'm worried about. Like there's not. Like I think the Michigan game could go exactly like how this game went. Defensive struggle. Um, there's not. There's,
2: I think
0: Michigan. No, I think Michigan come on, has man.
2: A better offense than they have a Penn better State.
0: offense than Penn State, but that offense is nothing outside of Blake Horm to be what? Holy shit! Like, come on. That,
2: uh, I don't, bro, they haven't I mean, played. J. J.
0: They haven't played yeah. anybody. Maybe,
2: maybe, maybe they haven't played.
0: JJ uh, McCarthy threw for JJ McCarthy threw for two hundred twenty yards and four touchdowns against fucking Michigan State. Big whoop. I mean, come on. You can't
2: even let me. Get, you can't even let me get my fucking cheating scandal joke out. You sorry, just keep talking
0: over me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just get heated. Um, Ohio State's very good. They'll be just fine. That's that's we can all agree on that. Yes, touch on this cheating scandal really quick, Trent. I want you to do that, and then we can move on to the NFL. Actually, I want to say one quick thing about USC, and then we'll go on to the NFL. Um,
2: you know, this is pretty crazy going on right now, and um, it looks like <laughs> Michigan is essentially seeing a uh, level assistant coach happen to be um, – I believe he was a was he a navy he was he was in the navy I think he or was something like that he was a seal yeah he was a navy seal who found love in uh, football scouting Jim Harbaugh hires him on and it turns out they've been sending him to numerous Big 10 games over the last um Conveniently, always uh, with seats right behind the uh, the team's bench that they're going to be playing coming up, um, which you know it's pretty convenient for Michigan to uh, basically bottom out in 2020, give up, cancel the Ohio State game, this dude on, all of a sudden it turned into best um, programs in the country and one of the best programs against the spread in the country. Beating Vegas, Vegas, which they're beating Vegas at like a five percent clip, seventy percent clip. That's how you know if something's up. Conspiracy on everybody, but like they're like thirty-three and twenty-one against the spread uh, since twenty-twenty, when uh, supposedly they hired this guy on. So um, the the craziest thing about this story is two tickets to the Ohio State-Penn State game in his own name. Um, and there were one right behind the Ohio State bench and one right behind the uh, Penn State bench. Obviously, the two opponents that they're going to have to play at the end of the year. Uh, the cheating scandal kind of gets broken by... I don't know who broke the story. I forget. But he doesn't he doesn't show up to the game. So, I think Michigan's in some hot water here. And I think Hardwell's... Harbaugh's names are, or Harbaugh's days are numbered. Um, I don't know how it affects this season. I actually I have no idea. Affect this season because you know while that all is going on, like Michigan looks like the best team in college football. So I don't know, man. It's crazy, um, but I'm here for Michigan's downfall.
0: So, yeah, over 30 games um, total that that this guy has gone to eleven um big Twelve, or I'm sorry, eleven big ten games, I believe is what the number was. But yeah, they're fucked. They're not good. Or they're not um it's not looking good. Excuse me, that's what I'm trying to say. Last thing in the college ball, and then we can head to the pros. Caleb Williams, absolute fraudulent and you will not be able to change my mind. Um if you watched any of that game against Utah you saw how what a good defense can do to that kid. Um in Caleb Williams' career versus non-top-25 teams. He's got 23 starts, completes passes at 70%, 317 yards a game, 78 touchdowns to 7 picks in 23 games versus top-25 teams, which I believe is 6. Uh, the uh, Utah game was a sixth start, I believe is what it was. Um, 52% completion percentage, 140, 174 yards a game, Six touchdowns to six interceptions. Um, he panics and does not look comfortable at all. At least he didn't in that Utah game, and you can say the same thing against um, um what's it called, Notre Dame. He folds against good teams. We saw it last year with Utah too in that in the Pac-12 championship game. Granted, he was hurt, but still.
2: Yeah, he got he got hurt in that game. I wouldn't say he he folded in that game. Um, but I mean, credit to you, man. You you were kind of you had your flag planted on that take when nobody else did, and uh, I still think I still think you're wrong. In, in terms of like, he won't be good in the NFL. I think he'll be good, but maybe maybe we got ahead of ourselves with the uh, homes comps and shit. So, yeah,
0: way way we got way ahead of that. But let's talk about someone that's also not playing very good right now Trent. that is deshaun watson um quarterback situation in cleveland is not looking great right now cleveland goes in the indy gets the win 39 38 um should have lost that game if we're being completely honest they got absolutely bailed out by some nonsense calls at the end of the game gardner Minshew shoot through for 305 yards jonathan taylor looked like himself Josh Downs is now the number one receiver in Minnesota, in Minnesota, in Indianapolis. But Miles Garrett, holy fuck, dude. That's what what was it? Miles Garrett, the first player since 2000 to finish a game with two sacks, two forced fumbles, and a blocked kick. Did you see the blocked kick? I'm sure you did, but he just straight up jumped over the guard and just cleared it with ease and fucking almost caught the ball (laughs) as it was kicked.
1: Could not be able to do that at the stature that he's at. It's crazy. <laughs> I could not imagine having to wake up Sunday morning and have him across from you for 60 straight minutes.
2: He's so, he's so fucking good. And uh, I know I have him as Defensive Player of the Year. I bet it. Austin, I think you have him too as as depoy Yep. Um, but I think I got him. I'm trying to look what I got him on FanDuel. But I got him at pretty good odds before the year. I think he was like plus 750 maybe.
0: Yeah, I got him right yeah, around plus, plus seven, 800. or Yeah, plus 800 is what I got him at.
2: So, um, nice little unit on there too. So, that's looking good as long as he stays healthy. I don't see how – if the Browns defense, I know today wasn't great, but if they continue to be um, in the league, I don't see how – win if he stays healthy he's just so fucking good and so like freakish um so that's the positives about the browns um you know the quarterback thing is is, is really weird like deshaun i, get, I mean does he, he want to play football so, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't get that part. Like, so Kevin Stefanski <laughs> held him out of that game. I know. I'm DeSean, just, trying, I'm just fucking with DeSean you was, at this point. Yeah, I mean, Deshaun on his passes, uh, if anything, if anything, the, the narrative should be Deshaun wanted to get in there so bad, so badly. Um, well, that's that's probably bad phrasing with him. Maybe, maybe we could edit that out, but. Uh, <laughs> Chill, chill. <laughs> but uh you guys know what i mean he 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 fought to play the game and he clearly wasn't healthy if you if you watch the first um you know his his five passes they had zero zip on the ball which was the reason he wasn't playing originally cuz he couldn't drive the football so i think it might have been a mistake playing him EJ Walker's weird man he's like sucks for the whole game and then and then clutches up on the last drive he's done it two straight weeks uh, it's really weird and I kind of trust P.J. Walk. Then you look at the stats and he's like 22 with, with a pick and like 120 yards or something. Um, so I don't really understand that. But, I mean, we're 4-2 we're and two somehow. And uh, I'll take it. I don't know I don't know what the future holds. Uh, but there's a lot of talent on this team. And, yeah, you know, it's weird to win these games when the refs have your back. Because the Browns have been getting royally fucked for my whole life. So it's nice to have the Browns, or it's nice, nice to have the refs in our pocket for once. Um, so I'm not going to apologize for a loss if, if that's what you want me to do, Austin. You won. You, you're coming to the wrong place. I'm not I'm not going to do that shit.
0: I don't want, I mean, I don't want. You won the game. Yeah, you guys won the game. What do you mean you're going to apologize for a loss?
2: Oh, apologize for a win. I apologize for a win. You know what I mean. You, that's, I'm used to winning, all right? I don't
0: know, I don't know how I act. You're so proud Bro, 4-2 tied for first place in the NFC North, or AFC North. Actually, no, we're not. No, you're not. You're in third place. I'm tripping. Um, they, they got fucked, dude. I mean, and, uh, Colts got absolutely royally fucked in that game. Just, that pass interference call and the holding call, just absolutely horrific.
1: Yeah, one of the worst officiated games I've seen.
0: It was bad, dude. Um,
1: Gardner Minshew, too.
2: Like, I told y'all, Gardner, Gardner Minshew is kind of nice. Like, poor turnovers, but he was still, like, really good in the game, which is saying a lot.
1: The only thing nice about that game were the Colts jerseys and those black helmets, bro. That shit that shit's right up there with Houston's all red. I'm 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 being deadass. ass.
0: You'd like those? I was not a big fan of That's, those. Dude, those
1: were dude. You I didn't like them? Right? That, no, hell
2: no. Those were ugly
1: those the, were like jerseys. The matte black with the blue stripe down the middle, that was those were sweet.
0: Yeah, I was not a big fan. Um I was also not a big fan of Josh Allen going into Foxborough and getting bullied by new England, uh, new England, 29 Baltimore or uh, Buffalo 25 bill Belichick gets his 300th career win third coach in NFL history to do that. Um, Josh Allen and the bills got humbled. I mean, defense for, um, what's it called? New England played really, really well. They, they kind of stifled this, this high power bills offense. Um, their secondary is really good, dude. I I saw this earlier. These are the wide receivers in the yards that, that the Patriots have given up this year. Right, AJ Brown seventy nine, Tyreek Hill forty, Garrett Wilson forty eight, CD Lamb thirty six, Chris Olave twelve, Devontae Adams twenty nine, and then Stephon Diggs on Saturday or Sunday only at fifty eight yards. Um, the Bills. That's I think. Credited. Go ahead.
2: Credit, credit to Bill B, Bill Belichick. 100 percent. Um, he's, he's still got it on the defensive side of the ball because um, I mean they don't even have um, Christian Gonzalez anymore. He's out, yep. and it really, it really just—it doesn't really matter who you plug into that scheme. Um, they seem to be really, really effective at limiting, you know, your number one receiver. So, I and I, I think, I think one like take the takeaway from this game is like. Like, I don't blame Josh Allen. I just don't think... I, and I've kind of been on this more so the beginning of the year. And then I kind of got scared away, but now they have injuries and stuff. Like, I just don't think the Bills are that good outside of Josh Allen. They're very Josh Allen dependent. He kind of just, like, makes the whole thing work. And or or not, not work. Well, that's the thing, Gage. Like, he has to He ha- has to play like that. And it's going to let itself to a lot of turnovers. He's kind of so conditioned to having like to save the team constantly. They don't have a ton of answers. Like they don't have a lot of good players on the team. If we're being honest, and we're being honest with ourselves. I so, agree. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I think still think the Bills will be okay. I'm not now. Now they lost Dawson Knox for a couple weeks. It seems like um, that defense is shambled with injuries, and I don't think the coaching's that good. So. Is all Josh Allen like if you if you put Andy Dalton on this team are they getting to the six wins and, and Andy Dalton's a fine quarterback but I don't think there's there's a lot of talent on this team.
0: Where well, there is a bunch of talent is in Baltimore, my Super Bowl pick, my Super Bowl champs. This on paper was arguably the best game of the weekend outside of Miami and Philly, and Baltimore fucking put it on the Lions. I mean. Thirty-eight to six, and that game wasn't even close. Like that game could have been every bit, in my opinion, of forty-something to nothing. Like it's just they. I mean, they scored ten points in the second half. Like the Ravens dominated that game. Lamar looked like MVP. Lamar.
1: Yeah, that was a a game where we were looking beforehand um, with a lot of question marks on the injury side for Detroit and. I really think they they missed Montgomery huge because they got in the red zone some red zone multiple times and that's where he makes the biggest impact is down there um, in the trenches and they had to settle for fourth downs that they they failed consecutive fourth downs which was just terrible to watch but yeah I think I think Baltimore they're a very weird team um they're kind of like a team where you don't know what kind of Lamar or what kind of Baltimore team you're going to get week in and week out. But if they play the way they did last night, um, man, good luck in the AFC North and good luck trying to beat them in general. They they looked unstoppable.
0: Yeah, Lamar is now six. What? what?
1: Lamar threw like 300 yards and three total <laughs> touchdowns in the first half.
0: Yeah, bro. He was 21 of 27, 357 and four touchdowns total. He had a rushing touchdown. Um, he's the first player in franchise history for Baltimore: three fifty passing yards, three touchdowns, and a rushing touchdown, all in the same game. And he's now sixteen and one against the NFC as a starter. And last nugget I have in this one was lines didn't get their first for ne- f- their first first down until those twenty eighth of nothing in the second quarter. Like they-
2: I saw that. That is that is, I mean that is the. That is domination. That's all you could say Dude, about that. Like they dominate. We throw that up twenty-eight points before you get ten yards. That is crazy. Um, I was on the Ravens. Uh, of course, I didn't make the pod play. Why would I? It won. Um, but that's kind of that's kind of what the Ravens look like when they put it all together. And they seem like they did They never have a game where they put it all together. But. Um, this is a scary team. I know we both had them, Austin, to, to win the division in the AFC North. And through seven weeks, I think they're the prohibitive favorite to do it. You know, especially with whatever's going on with Deshaun Watson. And um, I don't think the Bengals can catch him. Yeah, a- losing a game at 3-3. And, yeah, the AFC, you know, North,
0: the, the AFC North, every team except for the Bengals is 4-2, correct?
2: No, the, the, the uh Ravens are 5 and 1
0: I think or maybe they're 5 and 2 I'm um, check on that
1: Yeah, check on, on that. Research.
0: They're 5 and 2, Ravens. Yeah, the AFC North is is a juggernaut, obviously the best the best division in football. And speaking of the Ra- Steelers go into LA, take down the Rams 24-17. Um, defense looked elite. George Pickens looked nasty. The Steelers are now 12-4 and four after a bye under Mike Tomlin. And the only other nugget I have out of this game is there's four rook- rookie wide receivers in the NFL history that have had multiple games over 150 yards in the last decade. Odell Beckham. I guessed. Justin Jefferson.
2: You're not going to let me guess?
0: There's two more.
2: Over 150 yards?
0: Multiple games.
2: Last how many years?
0: Last decade.
2: Last decade. Jamar Chase?
0: Jamar Chase is number three, and there's one more. It just happened on Sunday. Puka Nakua. Puka Nakua. This kid is insane, dude. 150-plus yards with... Cooper Cup in the lineup. He's he's Crazy.
2: he's insane. Yeah, I know, bro. I got Cooper Cup in fantasy and I needed him to, to do something. and uh, now I gotta sweat tonight. McCaffrey's probably gonna put a, a nail in my coffin because Cooper Cup wanted to take the Sunday off. <laughs> but
0: uh Yeah, he's nasty. Anyway. Man. He and
2: But dude that go ahead, go ahead, go ahead.
0: No, please go ahead go for it.
2: I just, like, I don't get the Steelers, man. Like, I just don't. I don't understand the team. Yeah, I don't understand how they win these games. No, I, I saw a stat. What was the stat? Oh, my God. I, I don't I don't remember the stat, and I just said I saw a stat. Just don't – like, the stat blew my mind, how the Steelers – it was basically like the Steelers' first team to have, like, this poor of an offense and be two wherever whatever they are. I just don't get them. I don't get them at all – Any picket play at the end? you guys see that? Talking about bad dating. Did you see that, Austin?
0: No, which one are you talking about?
2: It was fourth down, and they tried a QB sneak.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: And he was clearly stopped short of the first down. And then they go out to measure, and the guy spotted the ball like like 10 inches the field than right picket ever got they give him the first down and since there's mcveigh's out of timeouts and there was like two minutes and 12 seconds left on the on the clock he couldn't challenge because he didn't have timeouts and he couldn't there couldn't be a booth review it wasn't under two minutes so <laughs> the rams got absolutely screwed on that which i i just I think we just have to use common sense like it's it's kind of silly, like, oh, we fucked up, but like minutes, so it doesn't matter. And now you got to draw a line somewhere. I thought there was like, I thought there was like a sky cam where they would like automatically, they don't even have to challenge. They'll just like reset where the ball was before. I,
0: it, I have no it, idea. It's just
2: kind of like, Yeah. I don't know, man, but I, that that that's crazy. Like, I'd be hot if I was a Rams fan. I know I can't really talk too much, but the calls the Browns got this on Sunday, but that seems more simple. Like, at least the the, the penalties, they're like a judgment call by the referees. Like, these are just like, it got to the first down or it didn't, and he clearly didn't, Right. they still give him the first down. So, I don't know. I still don't think the Steelers are any good, but – I don't know, man. Like Mike Tomlin, I don't know what what deal he has with the devil. Like I said, but he just pulls these games out, and they have a pretty manageable schedule coming up. They get the next three games at home: Jaguars, Titans, Packers. That's two and one right there. I would think so.
0: Yeah, that the the, the the player talking Patriots. about. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
2: No, I was just saying that that they're gonna somehow luck to nine wins probably. But go ahead. What's, what were you gonna say?
0: No, I was gonna, the 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 fourth down play you're talking about was the resulted in that meme of Sean McVay just looking up helplessly at the scoreboard. It just looked like yeah. he was completely zoned out.
2: <laughs> I think it was all. I think it was all like coming to him, and like he was like realizing all at once that like he got screwed. Yeah. And there's also nothing he can do about it, and he was just like at a loss of words, and his expression was just like, "Uh, in the hell." <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what else to say about that team. Yeah, they so I'm gonna. I'm gonna bet. I think one of these games they're just gonna get smoked, like absolutely smoked. Like they're, the the plays aren't gonna break their way. I guess they already did against the Texans a little bit. Actually, a lot of bit. They lost thirty to six, I think. But yep. But yeah, I,
0: I don't know. Change the change the topic. I, I can't. I can't keep talking <laughs> about this. you your Steelers, man. But uh, let, let let's run through your power rankings real quick, bro. Let's get your power rankings out there, week seven edition, or re, the end of week seven into week eight. Get those out, and then uh, we'll get out here. We'll give score predictions for the the Monday night game, and then we'll call it a wrap. Oh man, um, yeah.
2: Speaking of the Monday night game. I, um, have a familiar face at number one, the 49ers week, by the way, I had the 49ers one, the dolphins two, the chiefs three Eagles four and the Eagles five week. I'm going to go the 49ers are still at one here. Uh, it'll look dumb if they somehow lose to the Vikings, they win tonight. I think they cover my score prediction would probably be something like 34 to 17. Um, I think. That this is a really good matchup for the 49ers, despite not having Trent Williams and Debo Samuel. Samuel, so they're going to stay at one after they throttle the Vikings. Uh, I bumped the Chiefs up to two. If I look like the Chiefs, like Mahomes threw for over 400 yards, uh, Travis Kelsey was an absolute animal, um, doing doing what he does, and uh, maybe McCole Hardman was the uh, was the uh, string that held everything together. Who knew? Um, I bumped the Eagles up to three um, no I still think they're they have some flaws but ball is a really good team and they traded for uh, Kevin Byard this afternoon
0: I did the
2: I did see that yeah I mean they Howie Roseman really knows what he's doing out there man grabbing a all-Pro safety for a fifth and sixth round pick and a uh, mid-level starter is pretty pretty uh, work so I have the Eagles at three New addition to the to my power rankings: the Baltimore Ravens are up to four.
0: Finally,
2: Really good football team, man. And um, Lamar is probably the MVP this season. Ending today, maybe maybe Miles Garrett, but uh, no, it's probably Lamar. And then number five, it's tough, man. I don't think there's a clear cut fit team that should be number five. I went with the Miami Dolphins. Um, I still think they are you know an absolute elite offense despite only putting up 10 points on offense last night still think they're gonna be um, really really difficult to handle and they're gonna win that division you get a home playoff game they're probably gonna win it though so I have a lot of questions about them but I mean if you guys can find a fifth team that is in the Dolphins I'd love to hear it couldn't get there with anyone else
0: um, um, New New Orleans you want to throw that on there
2: Dude, we should talk about... Fuck, no.
0: <laughs> no.
2: Kamar, he's ...the worst quarterback in the NFL, bro. Like, and he's the most boring quarterback in the NFL. He checks down every fucking play. How many catches did Kamara have?
0: Ten. He had ten catches.
2: For
1: how many yards? Like eight? Eight yards?
0: Eight yards. No, he had like <laughs> 80 yards.
2: I thought he had more than ten catches.
0: I that was
1: a few weeks Amanda. ago.
2: 13. Dude, it's got to be so frustrating to be a wide receiver on the Saints. You're running deep routes, and by the time you get your head turned around, I was already tackled for a three-yard gain. <laughs> he,
0: he's so quick. He's so quick to get to his check down, bro. We were, I was talk, I forget who I was talking about this with the other day. It was like he literally drops back, drops back one-two and he dumps it off. He doesn't even bother looking.
2: How much are y'all paying him? Too much. Or Jameis Winston, it would be significantly better.
0: I have called. I have called for Jameis Winston. I yeah.
2: Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton's better.
0: It's it's time, dude. Nah, they're not going to. They're not gonna make sorry. the change, but they fucking need to make the change. The way to just bring my entire just morale down. That uh, you know fuck I kind of just did it brought, to myself. You brought it up. Your, fuck. You brought it up, brother. You fuck brought you. up your sayings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck you. All right. Trent, give us uh no, you're 3417 Niners. I'm going to go Niners get the dub. Cover. We're going to go 27 17. Gagers.
1: Oh. Um yeah, well, last real quick. Last Thursday, my prediction, um, twenty six eighteen, was there for a little bit, um, late in the fourth, and then whoever was playing kind of blew it open. But let me um, <laughs> let me do my Niners. I'm gonna do. What did you say, Austin? Twenty seven seventeen. I'm gonna do thirty eight. Damn. Fourteen. Damn. <laughs> Hawkinson and Kittle are both scoring on national tight end day.
0: Yes, yeah. I, I did bet both of them. A
1: the
2: hot take before we go. CMC does not
1: score tonight. That's probably the hottest and the most garbage take I've ever heard. <laughs> but coming out of you, <laughs> the perfect fit, buddy. <laughs> Damn. I'm not just
2: saying it. not just saying it because i i'm playing him in fantasy tonight i need him to get under 14 points but i just have a i have a feeling this gonna be a big brock purdy game and uh yeah i think kittle scores so
0: go kittle all right fellas follow us on x i've been saying twitter for the last however many months and it's just not twitter anymore follow us on x take four take underscore um we'll have all these these fun graphics out we'll have uh Trent's Power Rankings, obviously the episode will be posted there. Previous episodes, let us know what you think. Let us know how you did over the weekend. New standings will be put out Tuesday morning. And follow us, man. We'd like to interact with you guys. And until the next one, we'll see you later.
1: Peace.